Hello, and welcome back to the Hidden Archives podcast. I am your curator and host for tonight's episode, Nicole Clark. We're thinking about changing up the release schedule a bit, all to your favor. Currently, we plan to release one episode every two weeks. However, there may be times that we release an episode sooner than that, like once a week. As you know, updates are given on our interactive public archives, better known as social media. Be sure to find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hidden archives podcast and search at archives hidden on Twitter. So find that information there. As a side note about social media, we are working on creating an Instagram account that will feature some behind the scenes shots, teasers for upcoming episodes, and some other extras. We'll be sure to update you all once we have that information. To quote one of my mentors, Mr. Poe, there are chords in the hearts of the most reckless which cannot be touched without emotion. Even with the utterly lost, to whom life and death are equally jests, there are matters of which no jests can be made. To put that into the context of tonight's episode, I shall say, if you choose to enter the hidden archives, if you choose to study the tomes, if you choose to take this journey with me, you do so at your own risk. Please, don't let your emotional cords be touched without considering the consequences. Profanity and disturbing content may follow. This is your warning. I believe that we stated things would only get darker from here on out. Well, this story does just that. We are back into darker realms with some psychological horror tonight. Darkness can only be quantified by light. The contrast is what allows us to perceive what only exists because of the absence of something. Our story this evening is titled Flicker and follows an unfortunate soul on a bit of a journey into realms most forbidding. On this journey, certain personal truths are revealed to the main character in no uncertain terms. I'm still not completely sure what drove me to make certain fateful choices when I did. I guess it would have to be a mixture of curiosity and distraction that made me want to clear my mind of this world and go into a little world of my own. It's just amazing how quickly things become real. I know I'm not the only one who has ever felt this way. At present, it seems like thousands have fallen victim to the same perils that I now know all too well. In spite of this, however, I'm painfully alone, tortured, and alone. If this isn't hell, then I honestly don't know what is. I'll put it into perspective for you. This all started on a dark, still, and lonely night when I stepped outside for a cigarette. Just one of those nights when one starts to really feel the pressure of life pressing down like a boulder on your chest, causing an internal struggle between needing to breathe and not wanting to fight the resistance. I took the pack of cigarettes out of my jacket, flipped open the lid, put it to my mouth, and pulled out a cigarette with my lips. I don't know why but I always hated touching cigarettes before lighting them. Superstitious in a way, I suppose. I put the pack back in my jacket pocket after lighting up. Then I sat on the curb in front of my house. I took a couple long drags before ashing, but when I finally did, 
I saw a flicker of light out of the corner of my eye. Thinking it was just a spark from the lit end of the cigarette, I mostly ignored it and sat in the stillness once more. But there it was again. I looked down the street to the nearest house where I thought I saw the light originate. The place where I lived could, in no honesty, be called a neighborhood. I was one of three residences on a piece of land that was 13 acres wide and located more or less in the middle of a desert. As I looked at my closest neighbor's house, which was just short of a mile away, I saw the light again. It looked like a flicker from a small fire. So with more curiosity than concern, I decided to walk a little bit to get closer. As I approached, I could tell that whatever the light was, it was not on my neighbor's property as I had originally thought. His house sat right on the border between our little bit of civilization and the desert beyond. Fixated, I walked for a while until I got to the end of the pavement, which stopped abruptly at my property line. I could still see the light in the distance. It didn't look as though I had gotten any closer to it at all, but it was baiting me, and I needed the distraction, if I'm being honest. I now had a decision to make. Turn back, seeing as the walk there was long enough that I had already finished my first cigarette, or I could satisfy my curiosity and just find out what the light was. After all, it was just a little further ahead, right? My mind was pretty much made up. I flicked the butt of the first cigarette onto the pavement, and I continued my little trek. I felt like such an adventurer. I had all these wild ideas of what the source of the light could be. I thought to myself, maybe it's a government test of some wild secret technology, and I'll be one of the few people in the world to know about it. Or maybe it's a drug deal going down, and I can be the hero that stops it. You know, it's funny the types of things we fantasize about when it seems like our life has just been a dull disappointment. Anything to interject a little bit of excitement into an otherwise listless existence. So I quickened my pace a bit, with these thoughts brooding in my mind. It hadn't seemed like I was walking for a very long time, but already I wanted another smoke. I try not to smoke more than three or four cigarettes a day, but as I've already stated, I was really stressed out. So I decided stress was a good reason. Therefore, I lit up another. Seemed like I hadn't smoked in hours, though. It was getting darker and harder to tell where I was, but the walk was good for my stress level. Already, I had a more clear mind, and I was able to think about what was going on in my life. I was not exactly where I wanted to be at this point in my life, and everyone, including all of my friends and family, knew it, because I kept complaining to them without accepting any consolation. They kept telling me I needed to gain a new perspective and make some changes. You know, the usual bullshit. That means they think they can live your life better than you. Well... I would certainly get a new perspective, that's for sure. 
I suddenly remembered why I was walking, though. I was trying to find the origin of a mysterious light. I looked ahead, and I could still see the light as it originally appeared, fading and flickering, dull and distant. It still didn't seem like I'd gotten any closer yet. I flicked the butt of my recently finished cigarette onto the dirt, and I glanced from side to side to try and gain a little perspective. I could swear I saw someone. Just a silhouette, a short distance from me. I didn't dare shout out lest I be overheard by hostile ears. However, I waved my hands above my head in an attempt to gain his attention, assuming that it was in fact a he, or anyone for that matter. It didn't seem to work, though, because the silhouette seemed to turn the other way and fade off in the distance. I slapped the palm of my hand on my forehead, like the people from the V8 commercials where they say, Oh, I could have had a V8! And I thought to myself, I should have just flicked the damn wheel on my lighter. Who would honestly notice some idiot waving his hands about in the dark? Preposterous. Maybe, just maybe, the bright flash of the flint from the lighter would have caught their attention. But it was too late for that, so I once more fixed my gaze on the light and walked on. Alone once more, I was walking when suddenly I smelled something familiar. I couldn't identify it right away, but it was one of those randomly occurring nostalgic smells that just makes you feel right. Like, everything is okay. I stood there with my eyes closed for a while, just smelling the air. The smell itself was pleasant in a way. But after a few minutes, the nostalgia turned into something less pleasant. I suddenly just wanted to be somewhere else. Anywhere else. Wherever the smell originated, whatever it reminded me of, that is where I wanted to be. But I wasn't there, and that very thought of discontent sent a sense of panic over me. The sense of security that I had just a moment before completely left me, and my eyes burst wide open. What was going on inside of me? How could such a thing as a smell inspire so much internal chaos in someone? I fell to my knees and I had to catch myself with my hands to keep the rest of me from completely collapsing into a helpless mound on the dirt. I took a handful of sand in each fist and squeezed as hard as I could just to feel something real, something tangible, something in front of me. Something in front of me. The flickering light. I looked up at that so intangible thing and suddenly realized that I would never reach its source. I still don't know what it was that led me so far down that path but I finally realized that I needed to break free of the spell that was over me. I needed to go home. With fresh panic running through my veins, I turned around for the first time of my journey only to realize the beginning of my nightmare. I saw the asphalt only a few yards behind me, the same asphalt that I'd left behind what must have been hours ago. How long was I walking? 
I looked at my watch only to discover the time was 2.16 in the morning. It really had been hours since I left the curb in front of my house. But, if that was the asphalt, then where was my neighborhood? I had absolutely no idea where I was. I was completely lost. I did the only thing I knew to do. I ran as fast as I could towards the asphalt that would surely take me home. But it seemed to stay just out of reach as I pounded the ground beneath my feet in a frivolous effort to reach my only lifeline. I finally started to realize the toll that years of smoking was taking on my lungs as every breath I took seemed to stoke a fire burning within my chest. I couldn't take it much longer, running for a road that never got any closer than arm's length. With my last bit of effort, I dived headfirst towards the precious black asphalt. But it was to no avail. Just as my fingers were about to touch it, the asphalt inched back, just enough to deny me this sacred right. I lay there in the dust, coughing, choking, and wheezing. My hands were bleeding, and I was certain that I had split my own lip with my teeth as I slammed into the ground with my fruitless dive. I just wanted to go home. But here I was, hopeless, helpless, and quite humbled. I got up and looked around. What was the use in panicking? I just needed to find my bearings and walk back the way I had come. Never mind the asphalt. Perhaps it was my newfound sense of direction that drew their attention, but after a while of walking toward the always receding asphalt, I started noticing more silhouetted creatures. I say creatures because I finally got close enough to one to spark my lighter and hold a flame to it. It never came near enough to touch, but that was close enough for me. What I saw terrified me. It was a permanent silhouette reflecting absolutely no light from my flame. In fact, it seemed to absorb the light, just as a sponge would with water. I saw the light from the flame cast upon me, being sucked off of me and absorbed into the damned blackness. I just stood there, transfixed, until the flame that had revealed so much horror burnt my finger and I realized my position. I started back, extinguishing the lighter in the process, and the silhouette receded back into the nothingness from whence it came. I had to get home. I had to leave this place. I had to step back into existence if just to feel the pressure of life once more. As far as I can tell, all of this took place years ago. Eons. It's hard to tell, because where I am, I suppose there is no time. It's perpetually 2.16 in the morning. The sun never rises. The stars never shine. There is no light anywhere. There is only that which takes it away. I am saving the last bit of my lighter to light my last cigarette that I will ever smoke when I cannot take any more of this. I used up the majority of my lighter shortly after my horror began by trying to illuminate the path in front of me only to find that I never move, no matter how long I walk 
or how far I think I travel. I walked towards the asphalt in the direction that I thought I might find hope for probably six months. Never making any progress, I decided to just continue down the path I started down so long ago. The flicker remains as my personal beacon in the distance, a lighthouse forever guiding me toward an unreachable shore, a permanent reminder of the mistakes I made and the journey I should have never embarked upon to begin with. Sometimes, I think I've actually gotten closer. I think I can see more detail now. Or, perhaps it's just an illusion like everything else. I just keep walking because I never need to eat or drink as though there was ever food or water for me. I never need to sleep as though my eyes could find rest in such despair. And I never need to stop and think as though I would find a single grain of peace in contemplation. Sometimes I'm faced with the prospect of what to do. Should I continue? Should I turn back and hope to touch that which I have so long been denied? Or should I just end it all? My heart still beats, my lungs still breathe, and my mind still questions its own existence. With all of this considered, I must still be alive. I must still exist in some form or another. Ergo cogito ergo sum. Therefore I think, therefore I am. That's what the philosophers say at any rate. I just wish I knew how or where I was, but this right too has been denied of me. I have also figured out what the silhouetted creatures are. They are others just like me. Creatures deceived by some shiny object, forever forced to tread along in a lonely, peaceless existence. After being here for so long, all of my light has faded away from me, and I am now one of them. How we all really got here, I do not know. Still, I have taken no consolation in the knowledge that I am not alone, because honestly, I am alone. Nothing gets closer than arm's length, and to be honest, I don't think I'd want it any closer than that anyway. However, I have something that the others do not. I have the light with me. Not the damned flicker, that false beacon of hope. I still have my lighter. It resides with my last cigarette, my last two luxuries side by side in the same box over my heart. So, finally, I can take it no more. I've put my last cigarette in my mouth and I've lit it. It's still surprisingly fresh after so long. I'm sitting as close to the asphalt as it will let me. And now, with this final drag, it's over. No more suffering. No more wandering. No more nothingness. Finally, something. 
and I leave with that thought burning in my mind as my lighter drops and cracks open, releasing the last of its precious fuel on the blacktop. Hi, this is the Hidden Archives creator, producer, writer, and master curator, Philip Clark. I'm including this brief segment in tonight's episode because I wanted to talk to you about something a bit serious for the moment. You see, the story we just heard may have been quite fictitious, but it has an overarching theme. Many stories on the Hidden Archives have a serious moral. This is because I wanted to do something meaningful with my work. At heart, and by day, I am actually an educator. Entertainment is fun and all, and we here at the Hidden Archives strive to produce quality and entertaining content with every episode. We sincerely hope that you are enjoying the program so far, and we hope this frequent escape provides you something to look forward to. Now to the heart of the matter. There was a moral in tonight's story, as I have stated, but I want this moral to be clear. Others, I'll let you figure out for yourself. The character in this story and the situation he finds himself in are representative of addiction. We even see the character struggle with a literal addiction. He's a smoker. There are several points where he tries to justify his habit by saying that he is stressed and needs to relax, or that it provides him a temporary escape from the pressures of life. I think a lot of people do this with their own unique addictions. Some people drink, as might be clear by the uh, writing world and how lousy it is with drunks. Some people retreat into video games to an unhealthy level, and others indulge in more sinister habits. No matter what the addiction is, it can quickly lead us to chase after a false flicker of light, an insincere promise of a brighter future. So we start walking down a dark path of addiction, occasionally encountering dark figures like ourselves who have taken the same journey. As a character from tonight's presentation tried to do, we often hold our own light up to them to make a comparison of our folly to theirs in an attempt to, one, understand how we all ended up in such a dark place to begin with, and two, to compare our condition to theirs so as to say, well, at least I'm not as bad as that. I still have some light of hope with me. But just as our unfortunate protagonist found out, this light we use to compare our addiction to others is often the same false hope that fuels our own addiction, the lighter that burns a cigarette. Fact is that our friend from the story was in the same place as the shadow creatures he encountered. Eventually, he turned around and tried to head back down the road that had brought him towards such darkness, realizing that the flicker was not as bright as the light and warmth of home. However, no matter how much he runs and pushes himself under his own drive and power, he can't quite reach the path to help. This metaphor is a powerful one, because, as people with addiction often realize, we can't improve our situation without the help of others. The last thing we see in the story is our friend sitting down and accepting his situation for what it is. There's no more addiction after this last cigarette. In other words, there has to be a decision we make to end our addiction. There may be a spoiler to the story, and art should be up for interpretation, 
But I think it's more important right now that I tell you this. The lighter breaking on the asphalt symbolizes what can happen when we decide to break our addiction. The bath home becomes something we can finally reach. Now, for the real ending of the story. I snuffed my last cigarette out. I didn't even finish it. Could the asphalt actually be within reach? Tentatively, I stretched my toe towards it. The road didn't waver. With renewed strength and resolve, I trod atop the asphalt, crushing the remains of the lighter under my heel. I was finally going home. After not long at all, I came across my neighbor's house. Glancing over, I noticed him standing under the porch light. I changed my direction to meet him there. When I got there, he asked where I had gotten off to so late at night. I relayed this whole account to him, the story I have just told, at which point he told me that I wasn't as far or long gone as I had thought. He watched me leave, then watched me come back, thinking that perhaps I had forgotten something. I don't know. I suppose I had forgotten something. Perhaps I had forgotten many things. But I was home now. My neighbor helped me then, offering rest, food, and water. He assures me that now I am safe. He will continue to help me. But there is one feeling I can't shake. I feel like this may not be over. What happens if I am deceived by another false light? What will happen if I go walking down that hard asphalt again? I'm sorry if that wasn't the happiest of endings you were hoping for. You see, relapse is often a fixture of addiction. But there are people, much like the neighbor, that are willing to extend a helping hand if only we take it. So please, if you're struggling with addiction, seek help. There are porch lights on, with help standing right underneath. That may be really hard. I understand that. Admitting to someone what is going on with you, it can even be embarrassing. But if you'll trust me, it's worth it. Make the choice that this drink, this cigarette, this injection will be the last. Whatever was the last time you indulged can be the last time. If you're struggling with addiction or know someone who is, reach out. The lights of the archives are always on. And so, with that fact remaining true, let me extend a hint to some resources that can help you. One resource is SAMHSA National Helpline. Their phone number is 1-800-662-HELP. That is 1-800-662-4357. It's also known as the Treatment Referral Routing Service. You can TTY this at 1-800-487-4889. This is a confidential, free, 24-hour-a-day 365-day-year information service in English and Spanish for individuals and family members facing mental and or substance abuse disorders. 
You may also visit addictionsandrecovery.org. This will provide links to multiple resources. Finally, there are a plethora of other resources out there. I hope you have sober family and friends that you can ask for help, or you can even ask your local physician. Other than that, Google it. If you're embarrassed or timid about finding help, you fear judgment, know that you will not be judged. You can use a library computer or even incognito browser to search for resources. However, I want to stress that it should not be a secret that you're seeking help. Many people do. More people should. And with that, we hope you continue to listen to the Hidden Archives. If you are struggling and need help, we hope that you reach out. Take care. If I may offer another quote, one not ripped from the pages of the Queens and Kings of Horror, but from an old Chinese proverb, the temptation to quit will become greatest just before you are about to succeed. Or to twist it, you can succeed in quitting if you resist temptation. I know you look forward to a witty interjection about the events in the story here, and that will be back next episode, but this takes precedence at the moment. Just think about it. Normally at this point, I would thank people involved with the production of the episode. However, today, I want to thank anyone and everyone who has overcome addiction, works to help those struggling, or has gone through this journey in some form or another, and come out better on the other side. You have experienced a very real horror story and survived to tell the tale. The Hidden Archives dedicates this one to you. I hope that you join us next time for another freshly curated story. This has been a production of the Rhodes Collaborative Experience, LLC. Please note reproduction, duplication, or bastardization of any content without written consent from RCX or its partners. Ex animo, ex tempus, in archivum.